Hey, this is Rory Poplion, assistant at Delgado CC, and you're rocking with the FanView Podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to the FanView Podcast. Y'all already know what it is, like I'm that boy Fred. G Sports back at it again. Coach Hurricane Hen back at it once again. And y'all already know what it is, man. We got another featured guest on the show. Coach Rory Popilon. That's what I pronounced it correct? Yeah, it's uh Popilon. Popilon. Put good. some put some respect on the line. You must man. be Creole. Uh a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> you got a little something in you. Yeah, a little something. The way it's the way it's spelled and when it's pronounced is different. Yeah, absolutely. It got, it got, it got, it got, it got some wiggles in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dude Rory in the building, man. Uh, appreciate you coming on the FanView podcast, man. Been knowing you for a long time since the Southeastern days, man. Always been real passionate about the game of basketball, right? Really, really well known in the, in the city of New Orleans and in Louisiana for player development and, and, and training kids, um, and helping them reach their they full potential. And and now you're over there, Delgado, doing great things, uh, assistant coach, man. Talk about your journey, man, and and, and how you know basketball did so much for your life thus far. Man, uh, first thing first, bro, I'm, I'm really glad to be on the show, man. I'm, I'm honored that you guys uh, accepted me as a guest, and no I'm doubt. very appreciative of that. But uh, basketball is I, – I love the game, man. I, I just It's just done so much for me mm-hmm. throughout my life, man. Just when I was a kid, just uh, just waking up early mornings, man, on the weekends, just dribbling the basketball, aggravating the neighbors, waking up my neighbors, telling them let's roll the goals out, let's, pl- let's play full court in the street and stuff like that, man. We'll see so, that in the movie, dude. Yeah, bro. It's man. It's it's just it's just something that I, I I've loved since I was six years old, man. Just watching the games and just you know, just just getting out there and just uh, just putting in that work, you know. But tell everybody a little about your story, but about you know what made you wanted to get into coaching, like your whole career dealing with the game of basketball. Like what intrigued you about basketball? When you were going to get involved with it? And what made your path get to towards coaching the game of basketball? Man, I was I was actually doing accounting work, right? And uh, and I was actually doing this. Man, I can see uh, you doing it. I can see you yeah, punching, numbers. punching numbers. Yeah, man, I was I, I was punching numbers. I was you know I was in the uh, in our office, man. And I, I met this guy. His name was uh, Coach Carey. Mm-hmm. He knew my high school coach, and he asked me. He said, "Man, he said you you never thought about getting a coach?" And I was like, "Man," I said, "I love the game, but I I just you know I never really thought about pursuing that, pursuing right?" right? crazy part when I was in 10th grade my high school coach told me he said man you would be an excellent basketball coach that's the path that you need to take but mm-hmm. at that young age I'm just thinking man like you know man it's just far you don't want to hit that when you're you don't hit that when you're playing I'm like man I want to I want to get to the NBA yeah. wanna, you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't want to coach I want to get to the NBA right. but, but nah man like coach Carey he uh he really introduced me to some people man and uh and I ended up coaching at this was in 2016 I ended up coaching at Lusher High School, went to Lusher, uh, learned under Hunter Higgins. Hunter Higgins is a Jesuit alumni, a real great X and O guy, really passionate about the game. I learned a lot from him. And then Neil McKendall, Neil McKendall's been at Warren Easton for a long time. I mean, he was at Warren Easton for maybe about 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. just a great guy, I learned from him. And then I went to St. Aug um, under Mitchell Johnson. Mitchell Johnson, Mitchell Johnson. Is, yep. is one of the best coaches, <clears throat> hands down, um, in the state of Louisiana and has mm-hmm. been for a very long time. So I learned under those three guys, man. And and just, you know, Mitch, when I when I went there, he was just like, man, be passionate. Just just do you. Just work with the players. Um, 
I've always loved the player development aspect of the game because I can help the individual. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, team practice is based on the the team, and you know, we putting together drills and putting together different things right. to where we can be effective as a team. Game planning, but uh, but individually, man, like. I've had players on every one of those schools that I would stay after or go before, go an hour before, work with guys, uh, stay an hour and a half after, just putting in work um, just so they can be better in the games, just so they can improve. Um, And uh, just for me showing my passion, I was just, I think it was, uh, I think we were playing Thibodeau. It was like a Christmas tournament. And um, I was just, man, I was just really passionate this game, man. I really wanted us to to win this game. And, um, I remember Coach Barthe, he's over at Delgado. He's been a coach for a while over there. He saw me, he said, man, he said, you know, I love what you do. And he said, after the season, let's talk. And uh, been at Delgado ever since, so. But yeah, that's big. That's huge, man. I mean, think, t- talk about a little bit about some of the players you helped develop, like some of the guys you per, like personally train. I know you probably train guys, like, all, not just in the state of Louisiana, but guys probably playing all over now. Yes. Um, talk about some of the guys in, in terms of, like, I heard about some of your training. I heard, I heard it's pretty tough. Yeah. You know, a lot, everybody can't really get through the training. But talk about some of the players you think you've, you know, coached that's playing this game at a, at a D1 level or even a the pro level, whether it's NBA or international. Definitely, man. Um, One of the hardest workers that I've ever been around is Jerron Pierre. Mm-hmm. Jerron's a starting shooting guard. He's at uh, Wichita, Wichita State. Wichita State. He was over there at Southern Miss for a little while. Yes, man. I I love Jerron's work ethic, man. Like, Jerron, and this is before shooting machines, right? Well, they still had them, but we didn't have one. Right, so right, right. Jerron's like, Coach, let's get 150 makes after. He would tell me that every single day his junior year. Now, you got to imagine this. Even if he shoots 50%, that's 300 rebounds for me, mm. 300 shots for him. Mm-hmm. So, that's a dedication from a player, and he challenged me. As a coach, he would just be like, Coach, we got to do this. I want to be Division One. I want to. I remember one game, he had like 37 his junior year. And I was like, man, the work is really starting to translate. But what I don't understand was, why did he go under-recruited in high school? Because I remember watching him. And I was like, this dude should be getting recruited. And I know, and I think part of it was because he didn't play on a shoe circuit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think it was a little bit to do with the shoe circuit. Um. Jerron Pierre, to me, was just one of the better guards um, in the state of Louisiana from, you know, being a sophomore, junior, mm-hmm. and a senior. Mm-hmm. Had the length. But, yeah, he had the yeah. length. But this is the thing about it, man. Like, he grew late. So now he's 6'5". Mm-hmm. Now you got people on the pro level looking like, man, this kid is right. 6'5", shooting right. guard, guard, can shoot right. the basketball. He defends at a high level. Now he's going up court. He's dunking the ball. His game has evolved so much. IQ. So, Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. So I remember one game, man, this was his senior year, um, and I was over at Delgado, and I saw like seven Division One coaches in a building at a St. All game. I think it was against Catholic mm-hmm. um, High. And I said, man, it's, it's coming. It's coming to fruition. Lee Bloom. It's really coming, man. So, yeah, man, um, Jerron Pierre, um, I think he's an NBA player. I think wow. right now he's at a, his sophomore year. Right now he's averaging 10 a game. He's had some 20-point games, had some games where he's really took over the game, but he's a team player. So he's not going to force stuff. He's going to he's gonna play what his coach, want, how his coach how wants him to play. play. And he's just going to get after it, man. Um, another guy that I've been working with is uh, Cameron Carter. Cam's over no, at Kansas, Kansas State. State. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was at Mississippi State you at know, first. They're mm-hmm. number, I mean, they're number, tw- they're number what? I think 12 in the country in right the country. now. And um, there's some man, big wins this year, man. Cam is Cam is great. Like I saw Cam play at OKO and picking up guys 94 feet. Just picks like he has that type of, he has the ability to change a game based on defense, and he's their glue guy. 
that Kansas State team with Johnson, with uh, Noel, they, mm-hmm. they have they have guys that are really good scorers, but he's their glue guy. So when Cam came to me this summer, Cam was like, look, coach, um, I really want to work on my game, my offensive game, and I really want to put in the work because he was he knew he was getting ready to go in the Big 12. So, man, he's had some games this year where I've really been, I've really been uh, proud of him, man. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we talk every day. We're just like, look, we should have done this. Or, man, you did a great job of doing this, so you should do more of this. Or, look, in the offseason, we're going to do a lot of this. You know what I mean? And, right. And, um, but, yeah, man, um, some other guys like uh, Latrell Jones. Latrell Jones, to me. Killing it in Nichols. Is, is the best pro prospect in the Southern Conference because he's, you know, I don't want to exaggerate. He's 6'5", or maybe like a 7-foot-plus wingspan. Mm-hmm. He can be um, he can be an athlete at, on as far as the pro game, but he can be a 3 and D guy. And his shot so, has gotten better. Oh, man, absolutely. Yeah. When I when I first met when I first met all these guys like Jerron and all these guys they were like 16, mm-hmm. 17 years old. Latrell like, went to Shaw. Latrell went to Shaw, man. Latrell, the craziest part about it, Latrell played AAU for me. That's how long I've been. That's I've when been you was, you had the, uh, what the New name? Orleans Wolves. The Wolves. 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 The Wolves. Man, yeah, Wolves. Bro, I, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember when I first yeah. started G Sports <laughs> coming to some the games Wolves. at Xavier and coming yeah. y'all. Yeah, bro, we used to get after yeah. it. Yeah, we used to we used to get after it. Like I, I wasn't. I wasn't brought up under the um, no practice AAU, just meet up and yeah. play games. So I had guys coming to St. Mary's, man, in New Orleans East. And, I mean, we were flipping tires. We were running miles. Guys had to commit fully to the work. And those guys that committed to the work, I, I vowed to make sure that those guys would play at the next level because I would do everything in my power to make sure that those guys had an opportunity to do so. So, uh, um, yeah, man, Latrell played AAU for me. I've been knowing Latrell for a long time, man. I've, you know, I've been rocking with him throughout his journey. And um, that's... Riley Lyons? Oh, man, big boy, man. I, I love Raji, man. Raji is yeah, like... Raji, a, I'm sorry, Raji. Yeah, Raji man. Lyons. Ra- Raji's like a, a, a little brother to me. I mean, like a 6'11", 275-pound little brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> the thing about Raji... He's like a yeah. foot taller. I, I have a real appreciation for a kid like that because... I remember when he was at John Curtis in high school and he couldn't dribble a ball and chew gum at the same time. Right. Right? And then when he got the nickels, every year he just got better yeah. and better. Then a jump shot came. It just – he was moving better. He was more in shape. I mean, he he elevated every single year he was at nickels. He was a big part of why they had so much success the last couple of years. And I know, oh, it, you know, it got to be a testament from, you know, what you and him was doing in the offseason. Man, Raji's – He's the type of person where if he was he was here right now he would uh, he would put a smile on everybody's face. Mm-hmm. He's a great mm-hmm. person to be around. That's the first thing. So when I first met him, I remember he told me this is our first conversation, man, because I didn't know anybody. Like all the AAU coaches and stuff, they were looking at me. They were like, "Who is this new guy?" And I was trying to network with people and right, stuff like right, that. Right, right. And um, I remember this guy. Um, you know, guy rest his soul. Our point guard, his name was um, Raylon, Raylon Hardy. Man, I remember Raylon, man. You know, he was on that Wolves team. Yes, sir. Left yes, hand sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Raylon introduced me to Raji. He was like, man, he got this big guy, but he was like six seven. He said, man, got this big guy, Coach Collins. So I talked to Raji on the phone. I said, man, what's up? I said, bro, I know you don't know me. I said, I'm starting this team. I said, we're going to get after it. And he was like, Coach, I want to play Division One ball. And... We had that conversation, and I was just, it was so much weight on my shoulders because I'm like, got this big kid, you know, I'm going to have to connect with people. I'm going to have to make, you know, but, man, we talked to so many people. We had, uh, like, 
Richmond, North Texas, a lot of different schools we were in contact with. But right. it was it was Austin Clonch. Austin was a, a assistant at the time, mm-hmm. and Austin didn't miss a game. Austin didn't miss a game. He really believed in Raji as an assistant, and he really talked to uh, Coach Riley about well, Coach it. Riley, and, Richard Riley was the yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean he, I mean that was it was great. And from that, that really motivated me helping a kid get it, get an offer because after that. That was my sole purpose with this, man. I believe that God puts you in certain situations and God is going to be there to guide you through your path. And I feel like every situation that I've been in and every job that I've had or every kid I've worked with, God wanted me to work with those people at the time. Mm-hmm. And with him, from that point, I was like, man, I hope this kid. So from from that point on, I'm just like, man, I'm going to help guys get to college. Right. Like, you know. Let me ask you this. One of the kids that you did work with um, got drafted, uh, Melvin Oliver. Uh, talk about, like, what you saw with him, especially, like, at Higgins, like, who's not, you know, known. Melvin Freeze. Yeah, Melvin Freeze. Yeah, yeah, Melvin Freeze. Melvin Freeze. Tulane. Um, you know, from his journey there to Tulane to the Magic, and then I think, like, he's over. Uh, what he's playing at G League right yeah, now. G League, G League. You know, yeah. you know t- like, like, what – what like you saw in him to kind of like tinker him to get into like to draft the book like that to, to me I think the NBA is the most difficult league to get drafted in for special sports because it's only two rounds you only have some out teams sixty and it's, picks and it's not like you can draft to stash right know, type type You're deal. Right. You're right. Well, man, like um, it's about a year ago. Um, I think it was right after, right before Hurricane Ida, um, Melvin reached out and um, we started to like really put in some work. I think that the biggest thing that led to Melvin Frazier getting drafted was the big game against North Carolina. The big game against North Carolina put him on a lot of people's um, board. Mm-hmm. And he saw it, he was like, man, he's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Long arms can defend. He was a super athlete in high school. Always, oh, right. that's, that's one thing he Man. we always knew him for his we, athleticism. I think we played him. I think it was, might have been at Holy Cross, and I was at Lusher at the time. Man, we played them, and we had no shot. But we were just like, "Man, let's zone and let's just make him work." I mean, he was catching the middle jab step, slamming it. You know, just right stuff like that, man. But yeah, I mean, Melvin's Melvin's a great person. Melvin is is someone who is. Um, has had success from here, but he's a humble guy. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy you'd be walking down the street, say what's up. He'll say what's up to you, even if he doesn't know you. But he's a he's a good guy. But I mean, I wish him nothing but the best, like moving forward. But he, it's a reason why he's staying attached to the league because he's he's got that talent. And he works really hard. So what what, what I want to know is, <clears throat> I, you know, when you look at the dynamics of high school basketball mm-hmm. and AAU basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me that a lot of kids only want to put the work in when the camera's on yeah, or, or, right. or when it benefits them in some type of way. You know, nobody, it seems like a lot of kids, not all kids, but it seems like a lot of kids don't want to do the necessary work when nobody's looking. Why do you think that is? And, and, and how do you tap into a kid and, and get them to see the big picture and, and, and commit themselves to the work ethic part of being the best version of themselves as a basketball player? Man, I think that's that's a separation point. The separation point is you have a good player here, good player here, right? 
and the person that's putting in the work is going to continue to grow. I've seen so many kids that are like 11, 12 years old, and they're like ahead of everyone. Like their game is so far ahead. And you look at them, you're like, man, in high school, it's going to dominate. And then they're getting so many people that are telling them they're great. Yeah, right. So you're, you're the next one. 14, 15 years old, the kid that's maybe the 60th best player in the state, just say uh, 12 years old, right? He's grinding every day because nobody is telling him that. I tell all my guys, like, you know, coaches want dogs, right? But to be successful, you got to be a wolf. You understand? You got to have a, a, a burning desire to get better every single day. And you got to be hungrier than everyone. And when you eat a little bit, you got to go back and go hunt. You got to go back and go hunt. Because at the end of the day, you cannot settle and you cannot um, get content or complacent with yourself. So when I'm working with guys like um, Brandon Davis that I've been working with for a long time, this dude is like the epitome of work. Like he knew that he wasn't highly recruited. He knew that he had to go to a Juco. The first Juco he went to, he ended up having a transfer by us, but he worked that whole summer, ended up being all region, worked some more. Coach Hollowell from over, well, he was over at Loyola, mm -hmm. gave him an opportunity. He still was in a lab working, working national championship. And he told me, he was like, I'm going to play division one ball one day, coach. But for a lot of guys, they say that, but they don't, they don't put it into they don't work the work. The work. Mm -hmm. You right. feel what I'm saying? Like the actions ain't matching. The words not matching the actions. Yeah, man. And see, I think a lot of times it's, it's who you're around. Like I, I watch my grandfather. My grandfather worked until he was about 60 years old. You understand? Like my grandfather didn't have the the privilege to be able to retire at a young age. Mm -hmm. So I watched him work. Then I watched my mom. Um, Going to work at 2 o'clock, getting off at 11.30. We eating dinner by my grandma. She lived right down the street because my mom sacrificed so much of, of her personal life to be able to work and provide for me and my sister. So I tried to get kids, to, and, and just me, like I have to work for every single thing that I've ever gotten. So I tried to instill that in every <clears throat> single individual that I work with. So when I find kids that want to play at um, the next level, I look for the hungry ones. Right. I look for the one. I talk to the coaches like, man, like, is he spending time after practice? Uh, you know, how's his work? Um, is he asking you to open up the gym or are you asking him to come in the gym because he you're going to open it? That's a that's a big difference. So just like you said, you like the the kids that really want it. You're going to know you're going to know from the work. And a lot of times it's not about who's the most talented when, it, when you go to college. Look, and, let me ask, and, and to your point. We've seen, and I'm, I'm sure you have too, we've seen a lot of kids come through when they're seven and eight grade, right? Mm -hmm. Even ninth grade, and you're like, man, this, this kid yeah. going to be big time. He probably going to end up going to, you know, LSU, a big high major school. He has a chance to be a potential pro. Right. And then when you look back by the junior senior year, you're like, damn, he kind of fizzled out. Fizzled out. And, you, and it's because of yeah. the people they got around him. Yeah. That's not, that doesn't have that, they, they foot on their neck saying, look, you got to keep getting better. You can't get complacent. When you said that, the name that profited to my, my, my mind, and even though he went to D1, even though he went D1, SEC, was um, Brian Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. uh, that was He stopped Episcopal, growing, too. Episcopal, like he was at Episcopal, but, but okay. it's like when he was in that AU circuit and when he was like in that eighth grade, <clears throat> like seventh, eighth grade, you could, 
he would leave football practice, run into the gym. Like, the coach was like, I'm so, I don't know what to do because he's overusing his body. And then it's like, high school come along. You get around, your umbrella kind of mm-hmm. got bigger. Yep. And then it's like, yeah. the work stopped. And then it kind of, it, sh- it didn't show in the high school level. Like G said, he stopped, he stopped growing. But it showed at that next level was like, yeah, you're done. I think that's um, it is it's really about your uh, your village. Yeah, it's man. about who's in your village because yeah. I have a I have a I guess a saying is is prepare to produce. And if you're not if your preparation isn't at that level, you're not just gonna turn it on when the lights come on. You mm. can't like you can't, can't do that. Do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you you can't do that, man. And um, so with a lot of my players like that I work with, I'll assess how they are. And then I'll think about a three-month plan, six-month plan. It takes about three months to completely change someone's shot. But they can't go to someone else and shoot the wrong way. It takes about six months for me to see significant increase. So it takes consistency from the coach. It takes consistency from the player and the family of the player. And it's the player development is so key because the kids at the younger age, they don't play as much as we used to play. Mm-hmm. Man, I used to stay outside all day. I'm talking about get like maybe like two dollars from my grandma i'm going to get two frozen cups i'm going to drink out the hose pipe <laughs> yeah i'm going to get maybe like we i lived on uh treasure and broad street man so we had like the we had like the burger king had just opened up on uh i think that's elysian fields right there so we used to walk right. over there but i would be outside all day and i would be outside all day so we didn't have trainers then and um, yeah, your trainer was just being outside all day. Yeah. Don't come your in trainer here. was hooping, was hooping, yeah. and watching and watch- the games on TV and right. asking yeah. your IQ. Correct, right. Mm-hmm. right. So I mean, the old, the older guys, you know what I mean. That's who I, that's who I really learned the game from. Like I'll go through the lane and try to try to make a layup and you know get knocked down, and I'm trying to call a foul. And the older guy, like man, go home, go right. home. You know right. what, what are you doing? And we would go play home. all day, day, every day. We'll go play. You know, different uh, different areas, or we'll play each other. And you know, I had to be home when I heard my my grandpa uh, saying "Rory." That was the street light was on. Right. Yeah. I know I had to sprint home, but yeah, outside I had of to that, be inside for the street light. Oh okay, yeah. Man. That was the time. As soon as you heard this, mm, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah I saw it late. Yeah, I'm jetting home. Yeah, they picking up. Yeah, it's over with. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I just think, man, like with with production and as far as like players it's about who wants it man like i don't feel like any player should be nudged to play this game like no one should be forced to play this game no one you shouldn't tell a kid man i think you should play because you're a big guy like they know like everybody needs a little bit of a push but if it's a shove it's too much mm. once i push somebody and i'm like all right this is what we're gonna do if i have to keep calling you or keep man look we need to get in the lab or you need to work on this you need to work on this and once i kind of feel like that the interesting though yeah, but but I lose interest as well yeah. because I invest in the invested, and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about investing in your craft. If I'm invested in your craft. You have to be a hundred percent invested in your own craft for me to consistently spend time to train and work with you. I tell my son all the time, if I gotta keep convincing you how important this opportunity is for you, then it's not for you. Absolutely. Like if I gotta keep saying, look, man, if you if you keep on working on your craft and, and committing yourself and sacrificing your time to get better, this is what you could end up at. If I got to keep telling you that, mm-hmm. it's not for you. It's not for you. It's right. just not for you. Let me ask you this, because 
I think G can attest to it because of how much he sees it and stuff. And by him being involved in the seven on seven for football in okay. the a, and in the AAU scene for football, I can train the kid individually to where it will show up in the scheme. Absolutely, because it's eleven people. Yeah, it's eleven people. Basketball by being five. I'm just I'm just curious because I'm like I'm 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 ignorant to the facts, so I, I just really want to know Real? how do you train somebody to, to to develop them, but where they also it's not individualized right in Real. the game. Like I understand, like it's gonna it's gonna be certain times like pick and roll, boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? It might turn to an ISO situation. Like all right, the cone drills, this you know you know. Laid up off the wrong foot. No, I understand what what mm-hmm. that skill set will come in. But how do you make sure that that person is like honed in to where he's not trying to Kyrie Irving every day? Like I'm, it's, I'm, it's me, and then it's y'all. Definitely, that's a good question, man. I mean, that's an excellent question, brother. Like when I start off with the younger kids, the younger kids are just about learning through experience. Mm-hmm. Like I want to um, help them. Um, grow their game and build their confidence. You know, confidence is so important for the younger kids. The high school kids is just kind of like figuring out who you are and if you really want to go play at the next level, we need to make sure that you're great at something. Okay. You got to be good at something. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to be good. Like, something about you has to be an eye-opener for a coach. It's like the lead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a great point. You got to do one thing. If you could do one thing, great. 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 Yes. They they, they feel like they can work with everything else. So by that time with the, with the college guys, I know what they're good at, but that particular team may need for them to do something else. So we'll work on that. And those guys that are really exceptional at something, they'll become pros and the pros. I'm just helping them. We just tuning it up mm-hmm. because they're just trying to make more money for their families. So I will say this, when it comes down to individual training, um, I try to work on stuff in the off season that's for that individual. Right. Um, I have a big kid that I'm working out with right now. He's about six foot seven. He's a stretch guy. Okay. He can really stretch the floor. I mean, he's got a great IQ. But for his team, he's more of a um, back to the basket. Back to the basket type of guy. So I'm looking at during the season, I'm not working on stretching it as much. I'm gonna tell you why. Because I don't want to conflict with yeah. the 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 mindset and the, the and scheme the, the of, scheme of, 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 this, yeah. of the team. Yeah. So, but this offseason, you know what we're going to do? Dribble up full speed. Now you're coming off my screen because I know that your game has more levels to it and you're a, you're a, you know, you're a blank canvas. So I know that at a four-year school and if he comes play for me or plays for anyone else, I know that his game could expand. So during the season, I work on the dynamics. So this is what it comes to. Like, like just say when uh when Cam and and when uh Jerron and all those guys came home for Christmas, I got it in with all those guys. But I worked out based on what Cam does mm-hmm. for Kansas State. I worked on what Latrell does for Nichols, right. what Jerron does. I'm never gonna do something away from that. But in the off season, okay, now Jerron's gonna probably be featured <clears throat> as the guy mm-hmm. on the team. So we're gonna work on everything. Because I know the ball is going to be in his hands more. With Latrell, I'm working on stuff that he's doing right now. But I know that Latrell's got a combine coming up in a few months. I know that he's working towards getting a pro contract. So we're going to work on the stuff that he's good at. But we're also going to make sure that some of the things that we need to improve upon, we definitely will, man. Because like G was saying, 
to make it as a pro, you have to be exceptional right. at one, one thing. thing. So if you're a shot blocker, man, you better block yeah. everything at that yeah. workout. If you're a three-point shooter, you better shoot 50 or better. You want the coaches. Man, I, I'll uh, tell this little story, man. I, I actually um, worked out with Javon Carter. Javon Carter um, is actually play, in Brooklyn. Played for the Brooklyn. He was with the Bucks. Yeah. He was with the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um played, you know, he played for Brooklyn, played for the Bucks, man. But he's um He with the Lamar? No, he went to uh he, he actually went to uh West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. I'm tripping. Right. So, okay. you know, he went to uh he went to West Virginia, man, and and when I first saw him, I saw him picking up Trey Young. That was like the matchup every time. It was West Virginia, it was Texas and um Oklahoma, Oklahoma. excuse Oklahoma. me. Oklahoma. And uh, he's he's basically just like picking him up, guarding him 94 feet. And a lot of people felt like that team was really good. So he ended up having um, my guy, man, Hunter, that was at uh, that was at uh, Nickel State. Mm -hmm. He's real close to him, D'Angelo. Mm -hmm. Real yeah. close. That's he was his West guy. Virginia. Yeah, that's his guy. So they ended up coming down. They ended up working on man. We worked at Helen Cox on his side. You know, I, Javon Carter was like, man, we need to get some work in. Went to Helen Cox, but. Uh, just looking into his story and talking to him, there was a situation to where he was in, I guess he was in like a, like a workout. It was like training camp. Right. And they hadn't decided, you know how when you work out for different teams, you do your interviews mm -hmm. and stuff. Right. Man, he's working out and um, he's just grinding on the defensive end, doing what he did in college, which he's exceptional at being a ball hawk. Mm -hmm. He's a hawk. He's a pit bull. I think that's his thing. Bulldog mentality is like mm -hmm. his, his slogan. Man, he's guarding so hard, he rips the bottom of his shoe. He, he's guarding so hard, he rips the bottom of his shoe. Hmm. Big Dog is upstairs looking down. Sees that. He ends up getting drafted. You know? He ends up getting drafted by that team. He made himself undeniable. Undeniable, and he was known for playing defense, but on that day, he was just, he wanted it so bad on the defensive end that he actually ripped his shoes rip the bottom of his shoes. And I tell a lot of people that story. I tell kids all the time. I'm like, they're like, man, I'm guarding hard, coach. I'm like, you're not ripping your shoes, though. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to rip my But listen, Javon Carter, he wanted to make money for his family. Mm -hmm. He wanted to earn a, a contract. What are you doing? What are you doing that's similar to that? What are you doing that's separating yourself from everybody else that says they have the same dream? Yeah, because there's only so, a certain amount of spots. People, oh, think that, people think that the availability for you to go play this game at the professional level, like the opportunity. No, it's not for everybody. Right. There's only a certain amount of spots. Like right. Once those spots are filled, they're filled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, um, like Raji, he's getting ready to go over there to, to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. he's going to play, he's going to play pro ball over there. I've had guys that I've worked with that have played all over the country and all of them are making money for their families. That's the whole thing about this, man. The whole thing about it is you start off at a young age, you love the game. Mm-hmm. You, you grind, you work for opportunity. Once you get opportunity, the opportunity comes in the form of a scholarship. You get a scholarship, the scholarship pays for your education. If you're exceptional, you go play pro. But every, a lot of people, a lot of young kids, and I tell all the young kids, I train, I'm like, bro, that's a, that's a big world out there. And the world has caught up to the United States when it comes to basketball. Yes. And there's so many players. Yes. So you're not competing. I tell guys all the time, they're like, you're like, well, coach, I'm the best in my district. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Better pull up a map. Because <laughs> look, the coach Easy. in Oklahoma, you got to look at it like this. There's a coach in Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. Coach in Oklahoma is recruiting. Why should he come to Louisiana and recruit you when he have somebody that's similar in his backyard in Oklahoma? There you go. And it's cheaper. Exactly. Cheap. So 
with our kids down here, I'm big on them earning what they want because, you know, I feel like we're behind, not in football. I feel like we're behind in basketball. I was just going to ask you that. Like, but it like, wasn't like that. It wasn't like that 20 years ago. It wasn't ago. like that when we was coming. I don't, what happened? I don't, what happened? I don't, what happened? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, G. I I no, think, bro, no, 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 no. 15, 20 years ago, bro, when I, I was coming out with Chris Duhon, you got that. Uh, uh, Brandon Bass, bro, 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 we have taken a step back no, in Louisiana okay, basketball. But, like, I'm talking about, like, as a whole. I'm talking about as a whole. I'm talking about, like, as a state. I feel like we've been behind, like, for, for a while. Like, yeah, in, in, bro, in, in basketball. Reason, re- I'm going to tell you another reason why I feel like that. Back then, you didn't have kids moving into Texas. Yeah. Moving to Atlanta from Louisiana, they stayed, yeah. they stayed here. Yeah. Now you got a lot of kids that's here. Now they leave. They moving and moving. They going to Dallas. They yeah. moving to Houston. Yeah. They moving to Atlanta. They going to a prep school in Kansas because we have taken a step back, back in high school, school basketball, basketball and and mm. AU basketball. In my opinion, what's the response to that? What, what is the what is the difference? I think that it has a lot to do with marketing. I, and I'm gonna tell you why. Like, like when, you, like marketing, like for like from the Meaning AU that, or well, just high? just on a, the grand scheme. Like, okay, like if a kid, um, okay, let let me put it like this in numbers. I don't know how many players we have in in Louisiana high school basketball players. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have about ten to fifteen players that are gonna go Division One. Ten to fifteen, okay, fifteen to thirty are probably. Division one players five, six years ago, but they're going to have to either go NAIA or they're going to go prep school. So those 15 to 30, some of them are getting coerced to go to a prep school or they're going to D2, a D2, right? So you're a top 30 kid in the class in the whole state, but you're probably not going to a four-year school. That's when we come in because now we can recruit against the NAIA schools. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because the top 30 kid is thinking, I'm a Division One player. Right. I'm the number seven shooting guard in the state. He's not better than me. He just played on a better AAU team. So And we're seeing more. Exactly. So I think that, to be honest with you, man, I think our games need to be more televised. I don't think we have enough people at our games for the high school kids. I've been to some, some gyms, man, to where I went to Brother Martin, bro. We had the Colin crazies. Man, man come man, on, man. you had DJ Augustine. Yeah. <laughs> come on, man. I'm going to tell you, though. I'm going to tell you, though. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, Warren, that, 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 like even before DJ got the brother Martin, you would go to another Catholic school um, game, and the rivalry was just mm-hmm. crazy. But now I walk in the gym now, and I just don't see it. I don't see it how it was. And maybe maybe we're becoming the OGs. You know what right. I mean? And we right. looking well, at I it. Covered, and I covered Landry and Carter the other night. It was packed. Oh yeah, yeah. But see, well, the West Bank is different. Too. It was packed. But those, I, I was, they yeah. get after but it. Real to, but to, to, I think another thing to to marry what both of y'all are saying too. When we was in school, it didn't matter if your school was sorry or not. You played for your, you played for your hood, your area. So like, yeah, people that was in Morero from Kennedy Heights, Morero, they wasn't going nowhere else but L. W. Higgins. Okay, we could have been horrible or whatever, but we they were gonna go to L. W. Higgins. Pride. You know, pride. and and then so when you played, because I remember to this day, Albert Weber, we had Albert Weber, um, Duke, mm-hmm. um, Jason Nine, Williams, Jason Williams, okay, on with the UTEP, yeah, and, the UTEP. The, like, coaching that you we, took down. We, so it is. We beat 
Eric, who had the number one player in, in the Deshaun was like number one in the what nation. Was the, at that time? Derek Burdett? Yeah. Derek Burdett we, and Deshaun. The Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun Jordan, Jordan, the left-hander. Mm-hmm. He was then they nice. Beat, they beat him. And then Kennedy, Jordan, like, Kennedy like was, the was rolling. Mm-hmm. And so we beat, them, we, beat, we beat them in the playoff. And then Kennedy and Higgins played at Higgins. And Cash Money was there. <laughs> betting. Yeah. Like, like standing room only. Right. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, we made it. We made yeah. like you. I have I have games yet to but, see that but, but, again. But, but but here's the thing though, right? We came out in that era when basketball was like it was word of mouth though, it was word of mouth. But you and, and you yeah. had to go see it. Like it, it, like, like you it, heard about it. Like man, it. they got this kid at at Saint All. He like five nine five ten. Well, mouthpiece. Yeah, man, he a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Who that is? Hollis Price. Boy, Hollis like that guy. Yeah. Look. So my night when I was in Danny ninth grade, I was with the HL Bourgeois. We we played. I was I was but back then ninth grade wasn't at the high school, so I was in junior high still. But okay. I still went to the game because I knew mm-hmm. I was going the following year. Yeah, HL played Saint Aug in the second round of the playoffs at Saint Aug. Bro, the game started at seven o'clock. <laughs> when we got there at five forty-five, yeah. it was a line from the door all the way down the street. Jeez. Jeez. Like, bro, and when you got in there, bro, it was nowhere to sit, nowhere to stand. It was yeah. crazy. A yeah. second-round playoff matchup. You know right. what I mean? So, it just was different back then, and you're making a good point. Now, Maul Monday is doing a good job oh, of yeah, man. Maul's doing a great job, the man. exposure part of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we got we, we to gotta do more of that. And people, like, even yeah. on my point, but like, e- even the, the media, super we got to do a better job of trying to get to not just the big games, but the, the, but the, the games the, like, well, uh, I don't know. The, a Helen Cox. The Helen yeah. Cox versus. Like a game of the week. Playing like Crescent uh, City. Yeah, yeah, playing Crescent City. City. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got to do a better Let job today. Gee, how long we've been working together? About five, six years. Yeah. Show you how fast it changed. G invited me to my first Super 60. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a football guy. Okay. Like, no, like a football guy. I enjoyed the game of basketball. You know what I'm saying? I played basketball, but once they told me, hey, look, at your height, you're a point guard. I'm like, man, look, I play the five, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I can't, if I can't, yeah. if I can't hit him with the boom boom like my dog Shaq, don't, don't, yeah. don't go. So I knew it was over for me. I went to the Super 60 with G, help, helping him um, with the interviews and all that stuff. And it was ridiculous. Like Jermaine O'Neal. Um, I remember like like it was yesterday. Um, Penny Hardaway's Penny Hardaway, um, yeah. um, okay. um, team. T.J. Ford. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. um, um, Payton had a team yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, you had um, uh, Lala Son. It was like it was so many. It was like like ridiculous that weekend. Fast before like three years later, I went and I was like, it was like. Like you, it was the super six. They ain't the same. No, it wasn't like it, it. Like the energy. Like you walk in there, it's like this ain't this ain't what I went to my first go round. Yeah. Right. And it, it feels like the allure of basketball to me, to me. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a football guy. It feel like the allure of basketball in the state of Louisiana, unless you up north. Now mm-hmm. not they different. Like yeah, they just like like the Shreveport areas. I was like they feel like they can't be beat. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but. The like for the majority of the state of Louisiana, it feels like the lower basketball is like, man. I mean, that's because like we got we got Maca- What's the girl from Parkway? Michaela Williams. Oh yeah, the, no- she a dog. dog. Yeah, she a beast. If she's not a top five player, 
it's top five pick in a draft when it's time for her to come out, I'll and be very shocked. Like you don't hear about her enough. Yeah. You I don't th- hear about her enough. I think that that I mean that has to get better. Um we play, you know, like us, we playing on this, you know, in the Juco, we playing in Region 23. Okay. So we could go on a Wednesday night to a small town in Mississippi, and that gym is going to be packed. Oh, yeah. Mississippi is a whole different animal. And they're going to live stream it. They're going to have a show. They're going to have a show after with the coaches. They make it an event. Yeah, they make – exactly, man. But I think that we have so much going on um, in the city. and Entertainment. So much entertainment, so entertainment that they don't like. It's not a central point of web. Like you know, like we were saying, we were in high school. A Friday night, everybody was either going to, um, you know, a, a football game, maybe a tag Gormley, or it was a game of the week. And we like, man, we got to go to that game, mm-hmm. and you'll go if you're not playing. But now I just feel like that everything is so stretched out that you know you you may not make it a priority to do that. You know what I mean? But I think the kids deserve it, and that's why. Um, I promote so hard for the kids because I know how it is in Texas. I know how in Texas, you know, they're ahead of us when it comes to that. Georgia, Florida. Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. Our players are just as good. They're just as good, but they aren't talked about enough individually. The team may be talked about. Like, everybody, if you don't, if you don't know anything about um, New Orleans, you know about, um, Mardi Gras, you know mm-hmm. about our food, you know mm-hmm. about the French Quarter, right. but you know we got kids down here that should be talked about on a national scale because they've they've worked for it just like other kids elsewhere. But I just feel like um, just all of us, I mean, all of us and other people that are in positions to make it happen and to promote those kids. And that's what I was saying about the marketing standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maul does a great job, man. Maul. When I first started um, with AAU, I was doing all Maul's tournaments mm-hmm. because I trusted Maul. You know what I mean? I still trust Maul with that with yep. that level of um, promotion and getting my guys ready. And it's helped out a lot of our guys because of that. But we need more guys to tap in to not what he's doing but with other things so where the kids can go further. Because, I mean, they got a kid right now, like the kid from, um, from Zachary Hardy. Mm-hmm. Brandon love Hardy. his game. Love his game. And that kid should be promoted on a, on a higher scale, in my opinion. That Scotlandville team, that Scotlandville team should have been playing games on national television against a Duncanville. Mm-hmm. Against, because they won, I mean, they won, what, three or four? I mean, you talk I, about, I, I you can't talk even. About Javante Smart. Oh, Scott, man, that, yeah, yeah. even after him, with, with Reese Beekman, that mm-hmm. team yeah, was just Reece, as tough. Yep. Yep. The team you know, this is good. Oh, man, absolutely. The yeah. kid, um, the kid Scooter, you know he's number one in the country. He's at. He's and, uh, is he still at Austin P? He's at. Uh, he's at East Central. He's East at Central. JUCO. He's the number one. Uh, he's the number. One, he's number one in points per game in the country. You know what I mean? Right now, he could so put it in. He could put it in the hole. You know. So I mean, I just think that that needs to, and that's why I've always um, been an advocate for the name on the back of the jersey rather than the name on the front of the jersey. Gotcha. Like. I don't support, like, when I'm training a kid in high school, like, I, I'm cool with all the coaches, like, but the, the name on the back of the jersey is more important to me because I've always thought about it like this. I'm like, if a player puts in four years and they have the they have the skill set and they have the, the grind to make it at the next level, like, a state championship is not, um, should not be the end all for them. The championship sh- should be a scholarship. That family should, you know, a, 
their tu- their tuition or some part of their tuition should be taken care of because but it's a fine line when you pouring into that kid yeah. and getting them to understand. Yeah, you got to be a little selfish. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got to conform and do things the right way to make sure oh, you have team success. How oh. do you Navigate have that balance that. Yeah. when you explaining that to a kid? That's that's not easy. I feel like if you win, it brings team success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was talking to uh, to Trail about this the other day. Latrell, at, I was like, man, y'all got to touch that tournament. This mm-hmm. is the year. And Should the guy, the yeah, absolutely. But the guy, like everybody who is a senior and the guys next year, they'll have that notch on their resume, on their pro resume, on their resume when they're showing the pros, right? right? Because overseas and a lot of these people, they don't know who you are unless you're Michigan State, Duke, Duke. unless your name is is in a North Carolina on a Fanatics website. Mm-hmm. If it's not on a Fanatics website, they probably don't even know who you are. They North Carolina, Notre Dame. Kansas, they know those schools, but after that, it's about what are you doing? What's your numbers? So with me, I like like even like at Delgado, man, I tell the kids all the time, I'm like, look, we have to beat the Mississippi schools so we can be recruited like the Mississippi players. Yeah. If like this was our first year um beating Hines since I've been there. Hines has a great program. One yeah. of my guys, he's the coach over there. He does a phenomenal job. And, my dude, um, Yusef uh, Fitzgerald used to be a coach oh, over man. there for a while. Love Not Yusef. He's a great guy, man. Yep. Yep. He's a great guy, bro. Um, but I tell our guys all the time, I'm like, okay, you want to have individual success? It's just like with, with Devin Lewis. I talked to Devin about this. I'm like, Devin, you're a Division One player. But we have to have great team success for you to play at the Division One level. I'm ta- I've talked about five or six Division One coaches in the past week about this kid. I'm like making sure that they know. So he gets a fair shot. Right. But to get a, a, a true shot. You got to have team success. We got to have team success. You have you have to win. Just like, you, to it. you know, you look in the league. Like when guys, um, excuse me, when you look in the league and guys are winning championships, that guy's up for a contract extension. That guy's up for the payday. Mm-hmm. They'll get the big payday. It, it, it starts yeah. with team. They, they want Thompson. winners. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> yeah. So. So. So you you didn't you didn't have success you know at the high school level, training, and um, coaching the college level. When you watch basketball, all levels, what is that one thing that you say like it's lost? Like what is that one skill? Post entry passes, the mid range. I I I you see B I. No, bro. Like I'm talking lost. about. I'm talking about high school. High school and college, oh, it's gone. bro. That that elbow jumper, that that fifteen, sixteen footer, it's gone. Like, they either shooting a three, or are they trying to get all the way to the cup. The, the, the dribble up, you the know, three level scores. That's just the, not. A, that's not consistent. I think it's the two K like Steph Curry. I, I don't. I, and I need to stop saying Steph Curry. I mean, he, he, he gets like, the game. Yeah. But, but but like but is like because I feel like he gets a, a bad like when this. Um, right Part of, of When you talk about the game He mm-hmm. gets a bad Like Name in this part of it Cause everybody like Well Steph Curry Started doing this So everybody Like It's part of his game But you know You got Trey Young You know You, you see a lot of people like Doing that And the kids Hey I see I see Steph do this But I'm gonna I'm gonna get out here And do this You know Well I think that um, Steph is definitely Definitely uh, Revolutionized the game I think the analytics Took over the game so it's not a, it's not, okay, so just say if I, 
come off a ball screen, mm-hmm. come off a ball screen. The big, the bigs drop coverage. I could shoot the three, right? You see a lot of drop coverage in the NBA, right? On a college game, they may tag, so you may have to drag your man out and then get on, get downhill, and then you could get the pull up or get a floater, right? On a high school level, you may come off a screen and be right there for the mm-hmm. shot. But this is the thing about it. The analytics has taken over because a lot of times coaches are saying, come off that screen and let it fly. And the reason why they're saying that is because if I'm shooting 27 feet, right? Now I'm shooting a mid-range or I'm shooting inside the line. I'm about 18, 19 feet. Eight feet, three-point shot. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At this spot, it's two points. So if I'm going to shoot the shot anyway, I have a higher value of making it. Me personally, my guys will tell you, we shoot so many mid-range shots because we have quick guards. So our guards are coming off the screen. They're tagging. I'm teaching a drag and then blow pass. And when you get to that second line of the defense, the best time to shoot the basketball is when their feet are turned. So if a guy is sliding trying to cut me off, I'm rising up and letting it go. Mm-hmm. You know why, what I mean? Why is that the best time to shoot the basketball? Because he can't recover. Can't recover. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's hard yeah, to contest. Hard to close out. It's hard to contest. Yeah. So, like, if I'm, if I'm, I always tell uh, players get guys, you know, on their in their heels, right? So you come off a screen and the big is there. If he's squared up on you, squared up, seven foot five wingspan, he's gonna contest that, right? But you come off that screen now, you drag out, you drag out, pace, pace, pace. You get downhill on him. He's sliding to cut you off. Yep. He's sliding to cut. If he slides to cut you off. You got to be able to stop on a dime and make those jumpers. And that's why I do a lot of pace. On the floater. Absolutely. You blow past that guy. And a lot of this, man, I, I tell the high school kids a lot of times, a lot of the high school kids, they're like, coach, we finish on two feet so many times in training. Because when you go to college, you're going to have to. Either you're going to dunk the ball or you're going to have high floaters. Or you're going to finish on two feet because you got to be controlled, controlled aggression. You got to be aggressive getting to the spot. Right. Control finishing. So it's. It's just, it's key, man. So I think with the mid-range, I love the mid-range shot. Like, I love the mid-range shot. I love it for the players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's it's open. I think that you come off a screen, you make that drop pass to that big. You're not rolling to the basket in college often unless you're playing, unless you're coming off a screen and you got a lob threat when you could lob it up. Mm-hmm. The teams like, you know, you're looking at Southland when the bigs are six foot seven. Six foot six, maybe six foot eight. You coming off that screen, drop pass is a short roll. So they get in the mid range. They're getting 14 footers. And you got to take those. You got to take those. You can't, um, I don't think you can live and die by the three on a college level because the guys in the pros, they've, I mean, they've shot. I mean, Steph Curry's, I don't know how many shots he's taken, but I mean, you got to look at it like this. He's working out about two hours before the game, he's making about yes, 300, 400 threes. So when he gets on national television, the lights are bright. I mean, he's taking, he might miss his first three. But you know he's about to ring it up. Muscle memory. Yep. That's it. <laughs> you know that. So with a, with a high school kid, they take, they'll take a mid-range. They'll miss it. They're not going to take another one. Because they're thinking like, man, unless their coach is giving them the green light and saying, you better shoot, you better shoot. But they're thinking, all right, three, pull up. So a lot of kids are thinking, Three point shot, rim. Yep. But the opening is at the mid. If you can learn how to operate in ball screens, you can really learn the pace and understand help side and anticipate. You can really operate at that mid range. And a lot of my guy, all my guys, they'll tell you like, man, Coach Rory, he's we're shooting more 
mid-range than anything. I think another key part of why we have fell behind in Louisiana when it, as it pertains to basketball is because when I talk to like some of the coaches that drive Nation, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's on the Nike circuit or um Team Thad out there in Tennessee that plays on the Under Armour circuit, right? right? These guys and the coaches are in the gym like every day, all day, bro. Yes. And you can see it when you watch them on the circuit, right? Right. In Louisiana, you don't have that kind of access to the gym. That's and true. I think That's that true. is one of the biggest problems. Like in my area, bro, you got they got they charge you yeah. to, to use the gym. Yeah. The high school? Like like No, no like the, rec- the, the, the recreational, recreational gyms. gyms. And it, it, it and it, you it, it wasn't like that when I was coming. Recreational gyms. Right. It wasn't like that. It was like, you know, look, we won't use the gym from eight to nine. Cool. As long as ain't nobody, you know, first come, first serve. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, yeah, it, it, you got to charge you $120. You got to, it's all kind of stipulations that come into it. Well, and well, I think football, that is. You just need some cones yeah. in the ball. And, and that's why, that's why <laughs> right. football will always be further along because yeah. all you, you be going that field, you're going right that field. Right they start working on releases every receive yeah. or working on yeah. kick step. Well, offensive lineman, it don't matter. But in basketball, you, you need, need that gym, gym, and you don't have the access to gym. The second part about it is, when I was coming up, we would go outside on concrete and play. Yeah, correct. These kids not doing it. They no. not going outside in the heat and you, play on concrete. You know, I didn't know till you got to college that there was a different ball that you're supposed to use on concrete, right? Than on hardwood, yeah. right? I, like, but like, it was like the true hooper. Man, no, nah, no, nah, don't, don't. That, that's yeah. hey, man. Use yeah. this ball. Use this, this ball. This is the concrete, man. I man, right? Shoot. So, so you know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, though, man, like, my first year when I decided to start the Wolves, man, we didn't have, like, we didn't have a gym. Like, I didn't know, I wasn't connected with anyone outside of Brother Martin and outside of some some people like that. We didn't have a gym. Man, we practiced at Pontchartrain Park. We practiced at Pontchartrain, and then we went to, uh, there's a, a school, Kyle Hill. It's, like, um, not too far from where Gentilly Mall in that area. Okay, right. Right around that area. It was, like, a school back there. We used to practice back there. We had the field. Flipping tires, and then this this uh, this nun, um, she actually blessed us to be able to use St. Mary's. So when I first was getting kids, and we were first training, that first year I was training one person. We were training outside. But that kid, you know, that kid ended up playing, you know, uh, college ball years later. But that's a separation point. It's about how bad do you want it. Now the access to gyms and facilities. I mean, you look at other states. These kids have opportunity to go and get in the gym. Our kids, they don't have enough of that. We need facilities that these kids can go in, work on their game, work with different trainers at different times, right? Mm -hmm. Work with, um, if they want to go with their their classmates or if they want to get in the weight room or if they want to use an indoor track or if whatever, they they need to have that because in other states, they have that. That's a norm. So when our kids come out of here, I know they're ready. You know why? Because look at how much they have to do to get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see that. I, I agree with G point and your point. But when I was coming up, man, those gyms, those recreational gyms, they right. used to be open. Often. Right. Um, they used to have even games going on in that. You don't even hear about games going on in those right. places no more. You don't hear about just open the gym to go play, just, just play recreationally. Yeah. All that stuff has been like somewhat eliminated. But when you come to football, mm-hmm. you know, Man, all you need is some cones. Yeah. All you need is a football. You You don't even need football grass. We make it happen. Bro, in this past summer, I ain't going to say the high school, me and my son and two of his AAU teammates was at a high school, 
and we was at we was there to like one o'clock in the morning. Really? The next morning, I get a phone call. Yeah. From the schoolboy saying, "Hey, um, somebody passed by the gym yesterday, last night, around one o'clock in the morning. They sent your car out there. What's going on? Why y'all yeah. in the gym that long? Yeah. Why y'all? You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, serious? We ain't break anything. We ain't. We don't have a a, a, no a whole bunch of kids that don't that don't play basketball or just local kids just in the in the gym just you know bullshitting around or nothing like right. that. We ain't here really like getting it in. And yeah. y'all telling me we can't be in here because it's it's one o'clock in the morning. We 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 doing something constructive and keeping these kids out the street. And y'all talking about we ain't here too late. And and that's I think that's one of the bigger problems. I think too. It goes back to what you said earlier, Rory. The marketing part. I think we didn't got so, especially now, we didn't got so used to being drove by profits and all that stuff. Yes. People make profits off of seven on seven. People make profits off of football. People make profits off of drawing a football cap and all that stuff. Like it's you, cause, and it's easy profit because you know they gonna come out. Mm-hmm. Like people ain't gotta know me from left to right. I can say, look, tomorrow at HL Bourgeois, we got a seven on seven tournament. Win to get. $150. It's going to be 10 teams show up. Right. Right. I could go the same thing and be like, hey, look, we got a basketball tournament. You know, maybe half of that will show up. Right. If that. If that. And then you to, to, so to, to break even or to cover the cost, you got to charge admission. Then you got to charge it. Like football, like you could draw a 707 tournament, you ain't got to charge nothing. You're going to make it. Like you could just you you could let everybody you ain't got to charge no cover just open up a concession stand you gonna make your yeah. money. I think that um, a lot of it's division as well. Like a lot of a lot of people in um, the basketball world when it comes to Louisiana are divided. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I I've always thought like because me I don't you know I don't ever since I got to Delgado I stopped doing AAU. So I've worked with players on all AAU, like all That's the different That's my choice? Um, it was because I, I'm the type of person where I don't like to, uh, I like to be, if I'm committed to something, I'm completely committed. I'll do things for fun, but I know that I'm doing it for fun. Like I right. like to fish, right? But I'm not a fisherman. Right, right. So me personally, if I'm doing something, like if I'm out there, I'm trying to catch some fish, right? If if I'm doing basketball, if I'm doing Delgado, I want to be solely committed to to Delgado. 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 But if I'm so, so you don't want to spread yourself too thin. Absolutely, because like even like with the training, like that's something that um, Coach Barthe and I talked about. He was like, "Man, listen, you know, I think your gift is player development. So I want you to come over here, recruit, help me build this program, and develop the guys. But train whoever you want. So you know, I might have a guy from." Uh, Southern Miss, so I might have a guy from um, different schools that'll come down during the school year, and I'm coaching, but I'm still working with them because it's just a, it's an understanding. But I think there's just some division where guys um, are kind of they've lost sight of why they started doing certain things. I could agree with that. Yeah, and I think that the kids should be the focus, man. Like. The kids, you know, and it's cliche, and you know, people say like I'm all for the kids and this and that, but I think at the end of the day, you got to look back when you were a kid. Think about who you needed, or think about who you could have used in your life at that point. Because you know, a lot of kids are um, they're fatherless, 
-hmm. or they may have a situation to where they may have to work because their family may be struggling or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And then these kids can't pay a membership fee to go use a gym or to do that. So we need more community, recreational type facilities because like I said, man, a lot of the kids I train, the only time they work on their game is with me. Right. <laughs> and I'm not one of those trainers. Like, I'm not one of those trainers to where it's like, like, just say if, um, like, G brought his son this summer. We work, right? And if G has a trainer um, near his crib that he wants his son to work with, I'm all for it because I want a kid. Like, well, my son, my son is working with two different people right now, mm. you know, because I want him to hear different aspects. And then I'll go watch a 30 for 30 with him. To get him to understand, okay, this is Jalen Rose right here. Look at the way he dribbles the ball. Look at how he lobs the crystal. You know, just different understandings. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of people are so um ego. Yeah, I think it I think it has a lot to do with that. But I don't I think it's everybody should, you know, you could be you could be the, the king of your village, but you could also be a um a servant leader okay. amongst the bigger the village. village. Correct. So like with me, I'm just kind of like that's why I kind of, when I started my own team, I just kind of wanted to do things my way and just kind of like, look, we're going to be about the kids. I'm going to market. I mean, if you go on Twitter right now, you can look back posts from 2016, me talking about somebody getting 20 points in a, mm-hmm. a game at, mm-hmm. you know, at Mall's tournament or something like that because it's about the kids. But the opportunities um, are less for the kids that are not the the upper echelon upper echelon kids they may get an opportunity to leave the state and go play for an AAU team and they get right. a beautiful opportunity mm-hmm. there and they have some good AAU teams here as well mm-hmm. but think about the kid that's the second best player on his high school team and we talk we go back to what we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. and he's ranked 30th in the state and he might not he might not be able to forward train yeah. it. Yep. he might his mom may be in a situation to where they live in check to check right so me as a trainer, I have to look into each situation differently, but then I also have to um, try to help that kid maximize what he has. Right. So when it comes down to the, the come down, man, like I just think that we just need to work together more and it would benefit more kids. Like, man, I like we we're probably bringing in like I was telling y'all earlier we're probably bringing in about eight or nine guys. Okay, so we're bringing in eight or nine guys, but you're looking in a in a metro area they have a few hundred kids. Right, that won't get the opportunity. But if a JUCO coach calls me in Mississippi, I'm gonna refer that kid, even though we might play them, because it's not up to me to, you know what I mean? Like this is my circle. That's the end all. Like right. I'm trying to get. Everybody, Everybody, man. I've gotten I've gotten calls from like different high schools. I mean, not different. Well, different colleges, and they'll ask me like, like Roy, what you think about that guy? It might be somebody I'm recruiting, but I'd be like, man, I love his game. Can he be? A, is he an NAIA player? He is, but he wants to go Division One. So either he comes to you right now, coach, or he come by me for one year, and I'm, I try to make it happen for him for his dream. But he right. still can be a great player for you after year one. And we've had that with certain coaches. And right. So it's just about giving these kids opportunity, man. Like we've we've all, like all four of us have been given an opportunity at some point. Mm-hmm. We've all been given opportunities. Now think about a 17, 18-year-old kid. Like they don't, 
they don't even understand, they don't grasp the, the fact of that reality. So we need to make sure that they have a chance to, to fulfill their dream. And if they don't, guess what? They still got the opportunity to they, do so. They got a chance. Yeah. There's no regret. How was it? How was it? I said, we ready to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, how was it? Playing on that, on that Brother Martin team in high school with somebody like DJ Augustine and Corey Bloom and them guys and the success yeah. that y'all had and that 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 aura, that 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 prestige that y'all had back then, man. Everybody was coming to watch the show. Yeah. Oh uh, and uh what did you learn from being around a group like that and how that has how that how has that helped you, you know, navigate whether it's training or coaching or even recruiting in today's today's basketball world? Man, that that was that was some of the some of the best times, man, being around those guys. They're they're all my brothers, man. Like next year is actually gonna be our anniversary. Um, it's gonna be our twentieth uh anniversary. So we all getting together, man. I've I talked to I talked to Bloom, man. Bloom is doing great things. I talked to Brock. I talked to all those guys. Like we all we'll chat a little bit throughout the year. Courtney Wallace, he came to my um yeah. came to my open runs last year. What man. about Big and, Adam? Uh, Man, Krause was at uh he was at the Michigan. He was at Michigan. I think he's I think he's married. He's got kids now. Come on, man. Yeah, bro. So it's all growing up now. Everybody, man, that you still still in contact with DJ? Oh yeah, man. I I spoke with DJ maybe about um two weeks ago, man. I just told him that, you know, I was I was proud of him. I told him that he's inspired um so many kids from the area just being able to fulfill that dream. Because, and the longevity, longevity, oh, man, longevity being the NBA. He's a he's a he's a journeyman, the ultimate pro. He's the like he's exactly G. He's the ultimate pro, and he's he's kind of like the foundation moving forward because I I speak his name to the kids that I train, mm-hmm. and they're like, Coach, you can't guard me. I'm like, Son, I guarded DJ Augustine every day at practice. <laughs> You're not DJ Augustine, you know. <laughs> Ain't no offense, <laughs> right? But right. every single day, that taught me to understand how to, how to like, not so much pressure, but how to deal with, and and even from his point of view, like how to guard and how to understand basketball. Because man, like first tough. five, second five, bro, it was like battles every single day. It was like everybody contributed to winning because. Everybody knew their role from the guy that was at the top of the totem pole, to the guy that was at the bottom. The guy that was at the bottom was his job was to guard DJ. His his job was to um get on rock. You know, we call uh Brock, we call him Rock because Ryan Brock, mm-hmm. you know, that's our guy, man. But uh and Bloom, like great shooter. Like yep. we had guys that would just have to pressure him. And um just understanding that, man, and we had a uh, you know, Coach John Levy, Coach John Levy, um, Coach Bill Gallagher, Coach Thompson, those three guys were meant. I felt like they were meant, like their whole journey um, guided them to those years, because we didn't have, we couldn't have had a better group to coach and to maintain um, so many different personalities, so many different kids from so many different places, and um, just put it all together, man. But those times were really memorable. Y'all won man. two state championships or one? We won, um, we won one when I was there. That was in '04. They won. That was against Tipperary. No, that was against. Um, that was against. Um, excuse me, Saint Og. 
And then you'd be typical the next year. Be typical the you next year. Yes, sir. Y'all first year, y'all, I remember y'all made it. Y'all lost to... Willong. Willong was number what? what? Kentrell Gransberry oh and Donnell Lazar, all them boys. Oh, my God, man. Y'all was a, uh, like a Cinderella story there, yeah. We upset still, at Tasman Mitchell. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> I was at that man, game. Man, that, I was at that man, game, bro. That yeah, that's that when crazy. like that's when uh, it started. Yeah, like who is DJ Augustine? Who is Corey Bloom? Who is this brother Martin team? Like that's when it it all started, and it's like I wish we could have seen him play a senior. Year. Oh man, and brother Martin before the storm. I heard things though. I knew guys in Texas, and they were telling me like, man, DJ is out here killing, mm-hmm. and I would I wouldn't expect anything less, man. That dude, if you were to see him at that age, he was so mature at a young age, and he didn't have to take over a game, but he knew when. There's not many guys that I've been around, or guys that I've known, or guys that I've seen play that can just flip that light switch on. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, like DJ would take over a game in a second, but he was the most unselfish player because he cared about everybody else. Success. Success. Yes. He cared about was he success. Was he always that good, like even coming up? Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, I was playing for uh bitty basketball team. It was the Hawks, man. We were like kids oh, from all over bitty the city, basketball. man. Well, what what, what and, Hawks? Uh, it's New Orleans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so like we heard about him, and uh, I was like, man, I was like, you know. And um, I remember, I think this was Coach. might have been Coach Thompson. He was like, man, we got this kid coming in. And uh, we thought he was going to say no. Like, everybody thought DJ was going to say mm. no. He came by us, man, and I think he was an eighth grader, and he had, like, 30-something points in, like, a ninth-grade game. We are like, bro, you don't score 30-something points. I don't care what level right. you're at. You could be playing from bitty to the pro level. You score 30-something points in a game, you're a good player. Right. Especially when you're not 6'4", six, 6'5", six, yeah. jumping out the gym. He was, yeah. like, what, 6'1", six, 6'5", six six, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's what – it was, like, unconventional to see a kid at that size – Dominate, dominate the way he did. Yeah. Yeah, he just – he's the ultimate pro, like you said, man. He's just – at a young age, he understood, I'm going to go to the NBA. You know, I remember Roy Williams was recruiting him, and um, and I think he was recruiting him and uh, Ty Lawson. I think Ty Lawson mm-hmm. ended up going to North Carolina. And I thought it was so great that DJ went to Texas because I remember watching him. I'm like, man, I'm like, who's that skinny kid that he's playing with? It's Kevin Durant. Right. Durant. He averaged him, like him what? Him and KD were Texas together. DJ averaged like seven, eight assists that year. Mm-hmm. Then he came. Durant left for the Durant league. Durant left. Durant left. Came back. DJ and them lost to, um, geez. That's when he had Memphis. P- that's when he had PGA Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. They lost to um, they lost to Memphis. That was the Derrick Rose. Yeah, game. yeah. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. John Dorsey and Chris mm-hmm. Douglas. DJ Rock. was averaging like 18 and like five. And yeah. Think about how he, how high he got drafted yeah. in that draft. Mm-hmm. Like that, man, that's just uh, unprecedented. Because he, he's just, at that size, they usually want you super athletic. Yeah. And he wasn't, he was like very unconventional. Right. You know what I mean? So it was it was very impressive to see. Um, he did what, what 13 foot over to the yeah, Bobcats yeah. at the time? Yeah. yeah. And he didn't sign some nice contracts he's been in the league. Yeah. Yes. Put a bug in his ear, man, so we get him on the podcast when he come back to the city, man. Put right. a bug in his ear okay. for him, man. Okay. Before we go, though, man, we got to do Rory's favorite. Here we go. Here we go. Rory's favorite. Rory's yeah. favorite. Favorite shoe of all time. Um, jeez, elevens, Jordan elevens. Gotcha, gotcha. Favorite player, favorite player all time with us: college, high school, NBA. It don't matter. Gary Payton, same, same birthday. The glove. Um, the goddamn glove. The glove, man. I love, I love ninety six when him and uh. You got a top ten. You got, you got, you got the top ten point guard of all time. Top who? You got, you got him at the top ten point guard of all time. Oh, of course. 
I think so. But I, I'm going to tell you, though, people think that winning a championship is um, the, the solidifies. Yeah, right. solidifies yeah. you. But, it don't. Man, I, John Stockton ain't got nothing. Right. 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 Gotcha. Favorite coach of all time, no matter what level. Favorite coach of all time. Um, Jeez. Tubby Smith. Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Kentucky. Oh, I like Tubby. I like Tubby. Mm-hmm. I like Tubby. Okay. Okay. Favorite movie of all time. Jeez. Jeez. I'm a, I'm a movie fanatic, man. I'm about, love, I'm, like, I'm about to judge whatever you say. I'm about to judge whatever you say. It's coming. Jeez. It's just... This is this is a great question. Damn, that's this is a great question. I look, I've never been asked this, and I, there's so many movies that I love, I and I don't want to so say yeah. Going through your yeah. head, I do it, I do it, I do it. Man, um, jeez, uh, is it a basketball movie? Not necessarily, man. Uh, is it a comedy? I would I would say like I like man I I like so much stuff, bro. Like I, I like. Uh, Shit, I like the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. Hey, no I like Jurassic that. Park, uh, all those. Like, so it'd probably be something along the lines of that, man. I'm like a real movie watcher. Like, if if I wasn't doing this, I would probably be in into film or into something like right. like like that, man. Absolutely, I love it, man. Gotcha. Oh, favorite rapper of all time. Whew. Um, if I had my phone on me, I would play. Uh, Probably play uh, the Mob by Lil Wayne because I listen to that every game before every game. That's my that's, that's just, a classic. That's 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 my go to when I walk around the field. It's the top. It's the that top. was on Carter Two. Carter Two, yes. baby. Carter Two. It's top. It's Carter the top two, five rap song of all time, and it doesn't have a hook. But you could just tell that's when he was kicking through the door and letting everybody he was know, like, yes, I'm here. Yes, oh okay. five, baby. Oh yeah. Lord. Gotcha, man. Man, appreciate you coming on the FanView podcast, man. I know big things coming your way. Yeah. Um, keep elevating and keep pointing to those kids, man. God gonna keep on blessing you on the back end, man. Make sure y'all subscribe yeah. to the FanView podcast. Make sure y'all subscribe to the G Sports uh, page. Absolutely. Like, share, tell a friend to tell a friend, comment. Hey, and, yeah. and, and G, tell, tell them who we sponsored by today, baby. Sponsored by G Sports, baby. G Sports, man, all day. Y'all, yeah. y'all see the elevate. We, we elevate, We elevate, baby. All sponsored by G Sports, man, FanView Podcast. But listen, we going to sign out. Listen, I'm that boy, Fred. G Sports. Coach Hurricane here. Y'all already know what it is, man. Thank y'all subscribe. Subscribe, like, comment, share with a friend. Till next time, y'all already know what it is. FanView Podcast.